Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. This week, Chad and Cheese was live from New York City and HireConf. Brought to you by the wonderful people at Hiring Solved. Enjoy after a word from our sponsor. Canvas is the world's first intelligent text-based interviewing platform empowering recruiters to engage, screen, and coordinate logistics via text. And so much more. We keep the human, that's you, at the center while CanvasBot is at your side adding automation to your workflow. Canvas leverages the latest in machine learning technology and has powerful integrations that help you make the most of every minute of your day. Easily amplify your employment brand with your newest culture video or add some personality to the mix by firing off a Bitmoji. We make compliance easy and are laser focused on recruiter success. Request a demo at gocanvas.io and in 20 minutes, we'll show you how to text, at the speed of talent. That's gocanvas.io. Get ready to text at the speed of talent. Woo! Hello, New York! Bring it! Dude, you said that would feel like we were in a rock band, and it was pretty close. It was pretty close. It was pretty close. Yeah, had the lights um, moving. Yeah, it was good stuff. Who knows who we are? Anyone? Who, who doesn't know who we are? Shame! <laughs> All right. Shame! I'm the, I'm the good cop. Uh, so we, we have a podcast, for those of us, for those of you who don't know who we are, um, we cover a weekly show where we cover the, the industry, who's buying, who's getting money, who's going out of business, who sucks, and, and we cover that. Uh, we have a show called Firing Squad, where it's sort of, sort of like Shark Tank for the employment industry, and we without, have two- Without the millionaires. Then we have two shows where we sort of dig deep into subject matter like automation and chat bots and shit like that. We will cuss during the show, if, so if you're offended by any of that, fuck it. Earmuffs. Um, so this is a live show. This will be our weekly show. Uh, I'm ready to go at it. Unless anyone has any questions, we're gonna, we're gonna questions, launch into comments. the show. Okay, and we won't be using earmuffs, so you're just gonna have to do it yourself, right? So. All right. Hit it. Live from New York, it's the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Bring it! Yep, HR's most dangerous podcast is in the Big Apple. I'm your co-host, Joel Cheeseman. And I'm drunk Chad Sowash. On this week's show, turns out everyone actually is looking for a job every minute of every day. Under Armour is not okay with those three martini lunches at the local strip club anymore. What? And we get a few good minutes with Hiring Solves founder and CEO, Sean Burton. Let's do it, so uh, let's do shout outs. Do it, okay. So first and foremost, shout out for the beer. Shane Gray, everybody, Shane Gray. Came all the way from Dublin just to be able to deliver Modelo beer. It's not a party right, if the is Irishman shit. is not here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Modelo from the Irish guy. <laughs> Ed from Philly, stand up buddy. He's a super Dude, fan right there, bringing all the hate from Philly that you can get. We love the man. You see? Early on, Ed's been there for us, and, and we're here for we're you. We're here for, for him. You, Ed, he needs always. friends, though, so. <laughs> uh, Joe Weech. 
She's in the audience. There we go. Super, Super fan. fan is here. Love Front her. row. No panties. No panties or bras on the stage. If you were thinking about it. Audra Knight is on our shout out list as well. Uh, Chris Russell. Tin Cup's not here, although he he's is. on the, uh, the list. Yeah, if you're in New York, Chris will be somewhere uh, eating pizza or drinking. Or both. Yeah. Uh, so Ross Henderson gave us a shout out. Yes, Ross Henderson of LinkedIn. And you know I love to drink the LinkedIn Kool-Aid. <laughs> you were such a uh, Ross Henderson, LinkedIn Bullshit. super fan. Uh, he calls us an unvarnished show in a good way, which is nice. Yeah, yeah, in a good way. Uh, Jorge, I'm going to screw this up so badly. Uh, Albert Nogorda. Is he here? No, I don't think so. No, okay. Well, yeah, it's just love. We got to give people love who listen and show up as well, right? And Jackie, because she said she's going to uh, dance. Jackie's going to dance? Yes. Noise. Noise. She didn't get a beer, though. You need a beer to dance. Um, uh, I had one. Uh, Debbie Salado. Huh? Is she here? It's, I, I threw it in. She was here yesterday. Okay. All right. Well, shout out to her. Sucks to be you, Debbie. You're not here. <laughs> Susanna Frazier, where's she at? Here's somewhere. Uh, yeah, no, she tweeted a top five recruitment podcast list out. Have you ever seen these podcast lists? Right, they're like, hey, top five, this is what you should listen to. And uh, Matt O'Donnell actually uh, gave us a good response. Wait, we weren't on the list of podcasts. We weren't though. on the list, Like, yeah. you need to so, add that. So it's Matt kind of an said, important. Matt said the fact that hashtag Chad Cheese isn't on the list is, is a shock. It's so kind we, of bullshit. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's bullshit. <laughs> just saying John John okay this is awesome so you know we asked definitely to, to, to connect on LinkedIn and, and Facebook and, and tweets you know hashtag Tad Cheese so I, I got called out on LinkedIn um, John Headland uh, apparently I took too long to uh, accept his LinkedIn invitation and this was John's response fucking six weeks for the Chad to accept and that was it that was it so Shout out to John. Yeah, John, I'd say that I'm sorry that it took me that long. So but many dude, haters. I, I, don't, I don't sit on LinkedIn waiting for motherfuckers to send me invites. Recruiters I, I have no patience yeah. at all. Yeah, yeah, it's not my job. I don't do that. Uh, Ed Newman gone crazy. We'll give him a quick <laughs> shout out. Uh, Ed Newman, a lot of you know in the industry, Phenom people. Uh, if you listen to our podcast, and a lot of you do, you know that we were at iSIMS uh, a few weeks ago, Audra's listening favorite. to their, uh, their CEO talking about destroying the middlemen, of which he named Phenom as one of those middlemen. Well, Ed Newman took uh, not too kindly to that comment. And uh, his, his, uh, so in, in all fairness, Ed's take on this is it's iSIMS that is the middleman. They're getting crushed on the, 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 the down, the, the smaller businesses are being serviced by Lever, Greenhouse. The big enterprises are being serviced by Workday and the, the Goliaths like that. And it's the ATSs like iSIMS that are sort of stuck in the middle. So I, I, in, in fairness to Ed, he's been around a long time. He knows the industry. He is sort of lobbying for his, 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 you know, his, uh, his folks. But time will tell exactly who wins that game and who doesn't. Yeah, I think we've seen this. Throughout the years, right? The whole cycles of the big Uber enterprise systems and then they just crash because they suck because they have all these things that they try to do and they don't do anything well. Uh, so yeah, I, I think the, the middlemen, um, they're niche players that were born because user experience sucked, yeah. right? But if, if, 
he doesn't think that he's a middleman. He is so full of shit. I don't think that they're going away, but they, he's, a, he's a middleman. That's all he is. He's a layer, I believe is what... Uh, yeah, a layer, the, the which is a middleman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Colin Day says he's a middleman. I say he's a middleman. We'll see. Now, he's, he believes that they're at least five years ahead of any other ATS that wants to do what <laughs> Phenom People does. Okay. Any Phenom users in the audience? Yeah, I think that says Darn it all, guys. Any no iSims hands. users no in the hands. audience? Yeah, I think that says it all, Ed Newman. iSims wins. I, I, no, okay. I think somebody did raise a hand, but it was very slow. It's like, oh, <laughs> shit, I'm the only user here. Damn it. Yeah, so you had one, Ed. That was it. Yeah, so, no, we love you, Ed, but, dude, you're a middleman. Get over it. Let's do a Russian shout-out real quick. <laughs> okay. Firing Squad. So, uh, Firing Squad we just talked about. We, uh, we, we're presently surprised. Have, has anybody heard of these things called chatbots that are out there? there? Right, yeah, no shit. Who hates right? chatbots? Yeah. Um, Not yet? Okay. All over Give the time. place. Everybody, chatbot, chatbot, for everything, there's a chatbot, right? So we, we were getting ready to flame the hell out of this Russian chatbot. Um, I mean, the literally. The chatbot wasn't Russian. The founders of the company are Which Russian. Which means it was a Russian chatbot. Anyway, so... So anyway, we're getting ready to flame this, this, and she comes on and she did a, she did a wonderful job. So if you haven't heard, it's Zor, uh, .ai. Check out the, uh, the uh, firing squad. XOR.ai, which Zor. I thought was the worst name XOR. since um, yeah. GoCanvas.io. So if you're, if you're but into math, you know XOR, like an XOR gate, and that's, she's a mathematician, so it's all. Nerd of, alert. Yeah, anyway. Sorry about that. Too deep, too far. And the last one we have is... The Hiring Squad crew. Let's brown nose them for a second. Uh, Jeremy, Sean, everybody. Yeah, let's hear it for the Hiring Soft crew. They got got suckered into bringing us on stage. Yes. (laughs) Love it. All right. Let's get to the show. Hit it. All right. Uh, DHI, the artist known as Dice Clearance Jobs and E-Financial Careers, uh, reported earnings this past quarter. Dice is down again. Um, 6% lower this year over last year. Yeah. Not good. They have a new CEO, as most of you know, uh, Art Zeal, who, by the way, spoke at... Uh, uh, TA Tech. TA Tech. We begged him for an interview. He's like, no problem. Like, we yeah, never, saw, right never saw him again. Yeah, he, he was, was gone. He yeah, out of there. Out. He's like, fuck this. I'm not so so it's, it's not all bad news, I guess, for Dice. Uh, clearance jobs revenue was up uh, 22% higher than the prior it's year. It's not all bad news for Dice. They're down in this economy. Are you, who, who, I mean, is, there, is anybody... Well, tech is, is down in this is, economy. Is anybody, anybody recruiting for technology today at all? Is a little bit, maybe... For the listeners, Are 80% of the hands. Are you kidding me? Go yeah, on. there's a show of hands. Sorry, guys. Who um, uses dice? Anyone? This is the fun part of an interactive it's show. It's one or two. Okay. Keep your hand up if you're happy with your dice experience. We won't name names. Yeah, zero. Okay, okay hand went down. So this is what Bummer. I'm saying. It, it, this is bullshit because in this type of an economy, these guys should be killing it. But then you take a look at clearance jobs. Clearance jobs is, is killing it. So what are they doing different than what dice is? Well, there's a need for clearance. There's a need for both. Peeps. There's a need for both. What well, you said, what are they different? doing right? What are they doing well, different? Because obviously they're doing something right. What are they doing? They're right? one of the only brands out there for clearance, I think. I mean, there aren't a lot of sites you think about when you need you know, clearance folks for mm-hmm. government and whatever positions. Yeah, yeah. But if you said, how do I recruit tech people, you can come up with you know, 20 cool sites immediately. It's not cool to be on Dice anymore, is it? I mean, if you're... If you're Sourcing, Sourcing is killing dice. dice from the cheap seats. Thank you, Chris yeah, yeah, yeah. Russell. Chris Russell. Chris nice. Russell. Um, 
So I mean, but it's not cool. Is it cool tech people to be don't want to be on a job on, board, right? On, on Dice anymore. If is you're the cool? best tech person in the world, do you cool. want to be on a job board called Dice? No. You want to be on GitHub showing off your shit. Yeah, until LinkedIn screws that shit up. Do we have anything else to say about Dice? No. And DHI? No, I'm just they, Art, Art, come on the show. Get, get your shit together, Art. Art, come on the show. We want yeah. to talk to you. Speaking of dinosaurs in the industry, Monster has a survey out this week, which is a fun little survey. Yeah, and there we go. They found that uh, 63% of employees yes. dream about a new job all day, every day, every minute of every day. So it is true, everyone is an Who's active candidate. Who's the sourcer? Candidate. Good news. Everyone Who's is an recruiter? active candidate. Good news, yes. Is that all your commentary on that that you're going to give me? Not much to say. I mean, seriously. So, I mean, what's the, we're talking about underemployment, I think, yesterday. Sean said something about it. Um, that's, that's one of the biggest issues that we see. I mean, it, let's just say in, in one of my verticals that I, that, I'm, that I work in on the veteran side of the house, um, yeah, employment's up, but underemployment is, is horrible for individuals in that sector. Um, yeah, they have a job, but they're incredibly underemployed. So yeah, I mean, I'd be thinking about a new goddamn job every day too if I was underemployed and I knew that I was qualified for something more, right? There's a, a great quote for those who used to watch the Drew Carey show, the Drew Carey show, uh, where he says, oh, you hate your job? Oh, there's a group for that. They meet every day at the bar. <laughs> anyway, uh, what else did the findings say? Uh, 8% one. said they think about a new job on bad days, only 8%, and 3% said they couldn't imagine working a different job because they love their current job so much. That's heartwarming, a 3% that, uh, that was because they groundswell of people. They were taking a survey and they, they knew that the Google Big Brother was watching. Well, you know that idiots like us would want to talk about it because like, yeah. we like that kind of stuff. All right, moving on to uh, soon to be dinosaur, Glassdoor. Um, few few tidbits on them. Uh, Glassdoor users in the audience? Love the interactivity. Okay, quite a few. Quite yeah. a few. Uh, if you're thinking about using Glassdoor, uh, their 30-day trial period is, is ending, if it hasn't ended already. Uh, email went out to some folks that said the 30-day trial is over. Um, more freebies. We, we, we think that this segues nicely into Indeed not giving away anything for free anymore. Uh, as they bought Glassdoor, or at least their company bought Glassdoor. So Glassdoor and Indeed are basically the same thing. Um, my contention is that Glassdoor won't be around in a few years. They're going to get hot jobbed, and uh, the reviews the reviews will go over to Indeed. The job yeah. postings are already in Indeed, and all the candidates, which is our second news item, will also go to Indeed. So Glassdoor updated their terms and service. This well, wait week. a minute, wait, 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 time out, time out. Right. So, so everybody knows, I mean, Indeed's obviously pushing staffing off of, unless you pay, because your, your jobs suck unless you give us money, and then they don't suck anymore, right? Um, but the thing is, uh, from the at least insiders that we've talked to, is that it seems like they actually make more money, they being Indeed, uh, after they kick staffing out of their organic, because they feel like they need it so badly that uh, they're willing to pay three times as much, in some cases, to be able to get that traffic back. Anybody feeling that? Anyone? No names? Okay, good. So being able to take a look at Glassdoor, starting to see these, kind of like these, these Indeed kind of uh, movements into the Glassdoor space, I mean, where do you think that's actually going to go? Do you think it's going to be one brand? And how quick do you think that's gonna happen? 
Yeah, it doesn't make sense to keep two brands alive as is. I mean, Indeed already has upgraded their profiles for companies. Uh, they've added analytics to that. So I think it's just a matter of time before you're, you have one profile. All the reviews go over to Indeed. They become this huge monolithic employee review site until Google starts getting reviews and, and our LinkedIn starts having reviews as well. But it, it makes no sense to have two sites. They'll bring over some talent. They'll take away any uh, duplicitous jobs that are with both companies. And I think Indeed is the stronger brand anyway. And there's, it's also very telling that if you were at HR Tech, one of the uh, glaring admissions from the show was Glassdoor. There was no Glassdoor no at yeah. the show. Yeah. Um, HR Tech tends to be a show that a Glassdoor would show up yeah. and exhibit, and they weren't there, which to me was another, another thing like, why are we spending money when the, the, the brand isn't even going to be around Google for much wasn't longer. there. Facebook wasn't there. So, I mean, they don't need to be there. You can read into it. Um, <laughs> Some brands are bigger than you know, HR Tech. It's commercial time. Sovereign Parser is the most accurate resume and job order intake technology in the industry. The more accurate your data, the better decisions you can make. Find out more about our suite of products today by visiting Sovereign.com. That's S-O-V-R-E-N.com. We provide technology that thinks, communicates, and collaborates like a human. Sovereign. Software so human, you'll want to take it to dinner. It's showtime. I don't know that I mean, Microsoft I, was there. I though. See, Remember that Microsoft yeah, had a Microsoft ten by ten had, booth. Had two booths. They had one glorious booth, and they had this little one with two guys that looked like in a garage band. That they were like selling Dynamics, the Dynamics three six five. That's all they were there for was Dynamics three six five. And literally, it, it was just a regular booth, like garage band. Come on up. Guy had like his shirt half tucked in, and it was not which wasn't Microsoft. as bad as the crowded booth, which had a toilet. Yeah, in that the was booth. yeah. <laughs> How did you make yes, that? they had. It, yeah. Okay, yes, so it was a ten by ten. They had a toilet. It was. It didn't have. Wa- it wasn't a working toilet. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so and some graffiti wall in the background. Yeah. So my take on the whole merging brands, I think it's going to happen just because of the hubris of Indeed. Everybody just believes that everybody's going to come to Indeed anyways. Um, but I don't think it makes a hell of a lot of sense because once again, you're taking two different revenue streams and they're going to smack them together and they're going to lose. But it's also two cost cases. centers. In some cases, but they're going to see one brand. When you see one brand and you think that you can squeeze something out of that and put it to something else, that's some. It's it's entirely different. Okay, then. Okay, they may not hot job it, but maybe they'll simply hired it, where they just put their (laughs) jobs on the site. You can still go to Glassdoor. You can still use it. So, but it's all posting your blog. And plus, as as an employer, they'd rather you go to one site being Indeed, and maybe they'll say, we'll cross-post it to Glassdoor for an extra fee. Now, in that case, they might keep Glassdoor if they're upgrading the postings. Yeah, yeah, But, yeah. I I think that's telling, though. I mean, Simply Hired's still around. I have no clue why, but Simply Hired's still They're still doing surveys, interestingly enough. Anyway, we talked about that on the last show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But you can't post jobs just on Simply Hired. It's just Indeed's feed. Basically, I and I think it, Glassdoor. But it still exists. If it, but it still exists. That's yeah. my point. Okay, that's my point. For no reason whatsoever, in my opinion, do they exist? Let's talk about strip clubs. Again? Okay. Because the show's dying, we need to spark <laughs> it up a little bit. We don't get radio silence on the podcast. We just think everyone's still listening. Yeah. Uh, Under Armour, little-known company out in Maryland. Apparently, strip clubs were uh, an expensable thing. No, uh, I'm, uh, how many of you were going to come in that you can expense strip club trips? A couple hands. I like. Who Joe, do you work yeah. for? 
Staffing Under Armour. Yeah, okay, yeah, great. Yeah. No. Man, Monster, <laughs> in the early Monster days, I mean, I think that was like probably 50, 50% of the uh, expenses back then. You heard it Not here mine. first, folks. Yeah, <laughs> because, we, because we had so many staffing companies. That's why. Clients. So Under Armour uh, has made it, they've banned uh, strip club trips being expen- expensible? Expendable? Ex- expensive? Yeah. I don't know. Um, expensive. Expensive. No. There you go. We'll go with that. I don't have a comment. I just think that's really funny that that, that news came out. Well, I think it's interesting that they put an email out. I mean, the, the, okay, so they had to put an email out to employees to announce this. I mean, this is not like, you know, in 2000 or something like that, right? This is 2018. And this is something that they had to actually adjust to. And then in this also springboards into what happened in Google. Was it last week? The protests in Google? The walkout. Yeah. Yeah. The big walkout. I mean, how do we do this in 2018? We've got Google one week who has thousands of Googlers walking out, right? Um, Because of some idiot who gets $90 million parachute out of the company, Um, but thousands. And then the An alleged week, sexual harasser, you should week. probably add alleged, to that. Alleged, whatever. He's an asshole. Um, Idiot's not quite descriptive enough. Yeah, that's a good call. Okay. But the next week, no strip clubs. The next week. Seriously? One Googler said on the walkout, quote, yeah. they told me I'm no longer allowed to talk to anybody about this issue. They recommended therapy. They recommended therapy. Yeah. It's commercial time. As the best ad tool in the industry, JobAdX has been providing job board publishers, direct employers, agencies, RPOs, and staffing firms, dynamic job bidding and real-time ad delivery through our programmatic job advertising exchange. When we started, we described JobAdX as AdSense for jobs. Now, we offer much more with Switchboard and LiveAlert, completing our full suite of dynamic programmatic advertising tools with the best of consumer ad tech. Switchboard offers our dynamic technologies to all partner job board feed management, and LiveAlert eliminates latency and expired job ads via email. For more information about any of our ad solutions, please reach out to us at joinus at jobadx.com. That's joinus at jobadx.com. JobAdX, the best ad tool providing smarter programmatic for all your advertising needs. It's showtime. That being said, you know who else we should take a look at? Mr. Sean Burton, CEO and founder of Hiring Solve. Come on up, Sean. But we have dollar bills just in case you change your minds. Yeah, yeah, no, we got good. Jeremy, are we good on time? What do we got? The clock's running, right but. Yeah, no, we're good. Oh, it's counting down. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's, I'm quick. That's the smart one. Oh, we got- so yesterday, there was a fireside chat, and we really talked about the real close, who is Sean? We don't care about any of that stuff. We want to know all the cool stuff about Sean. Tell us background, and then let's get into, let's get into the so cool to me, shit. To me, Sean is sort of a, a reclusive Because we CEO. don't know. He doesn't yeah. tweet. He doesn't he's Instagram. He's not snapping. I, I do have a like, Twitter account. We, you have a Twitter account? Yeah, it's actually... And nobody follows it, at, so nobody at, knows. It's at Sean. It's at Sean? Yeah. Oh, nice. I'm going to follow. Anybody, who, who follows him? Who, no one. who has Anybody? a four-letter Twitter account? Raise your hand. Nobody. That's good. That's right. This That's guy. good. Okay. For me, they never the genesis used. of the company, you're not a recruiting guy. Like I know this is going away back, but for my benefit, I'd love to know how the company started and why. You're, you're an idea guy, which, which I got from dinner. Why was it this idea that sparked you to action to found the company? So I am a recruiting guy. I, I had a, yeah, I mean, I, I did a brief tour in recruiting. 
and uh, that's how we started the company. I was an engineer that got talked into starting a recruiting company. We talked about this on the fireside chat. He wasn't here. I wasn't oh. here. Yeah. See? That's what it's, so and it's our like, listeners weren't there either. <clears throat> sorry, sorry, everybody. Um, <laughs> yes. So, uh, so yeah, I, uh, I was an engineer, and uh, I actually hated recruiters at first, and then grew to love them because I learned that uh, I got hired at KPMG, and a recruiter enlightened me that I could make more money. They're like, you're asking for way too little money. So they, that recruiter got me something like a $30,000 a year raise and when I, at the tender age of 25. Um, and so I love recruiters after that. And then I uh, went on to start my own consulting firm. Economy took a shit. And what's and the timetable on this? This, this, this? this economy took a shit in 2008. I'm selling like high-end consulting services. One guy I would, we talked yesterday one guy we had out at Google for $2,400 an hour, and he was just billing. You know, you know, so we had a little bit of margin in that guy. Yeah. And then uh, 2008 hit, my, my segue into recruiting was, uh, uh, we were working with Google, Apple, and a couple other big companies on scalability stuff. End of 2008 hit, and we just got called one after the other, send them home, you're, you know, your $2,400 guy, get them out of here. And then a couple of them started saying, you know, we'll, we'll hire your people. How, we how did that feel though? Because that had to be a moment. Yeah. I mean, that had to be, that kind of had to be the oh, moment, it was, right? Yeah, so this was in downtown, we had a little office in downtown San Francisco, and at that same time, we, we had seen a PowerPoint from Sequoia uh, Venture Capital Firm that yeah. was like, the party's over, that was the, that was the headline. So it was that, and then a bunch of, it, it felt like shit, yeah, it felt like, well, I guess, guess we had to figure out something else to so, do. The, so this shit's actually happening. Yeah. This shit's happening, and yeah. uh, you know, like all good concert, consulting firms, we were basically a recruiting firm in disguise, a thinly veiled yeah. recruiting firm. And so I said, hey, let's, let's do recruiting because these guys um, are willing to buy our people from us. So let's just make placements. And my two consulting founders didn't want to do that, so we started a recruiting company. With the, you know, I was taught recruiting by an awesome nurse recruiter that used to recruit nurses for one of the bigger public nursing companies. So that's, that's how I got into it. Um, scaled it up from three people on my couch on unemployment to a multi-million dollar company within about two and a half years. And then just hit a scalability wall. So we were beating our heads against the, we couldn't grow anymore. One of our people left to go to Google, and then we started hiring Salt. Ta-da! Can I, go, can I go now? No, no. So we want, I want Wasn't to- that in Phoenix, though? So how did you yeah. get from San Fran to Phoenix and that journey? So we, had a, so we had a little office in San Francisco, about eight recruiters there um, <clears throat> at the time. I, I went out to Phoenix thinking the only way I can scale this recruiting company, my, at the time my best idea was I'll go out to Phoenix where recruiters make, you know, a good recruiter might make, I don't know, 60 grand a year at that time. This was, you know, 2010 now. Mm -hmm. And uh, recruiters are starting to make crazy amounts in, in San Francisco again, like $100 an hour is starting to go up again, 2010, 2011. Go out to Phoenix because it's cheap, um, end up working out of this dusty co-working space and found a kid walking around with no shoes on, an astrophysics degree, and a head as big as the universe. And we built, we started to build hiring solve. I started to think I couldn't find any recruiters. Actually, I did try to find recruiters. I hosted a free recruiter training. Like, got, it was got, got in the newspaper and everything. One person showed up, so I was I was sucking at that. So what was the conversation like with the barefooted astrophysicists? Like, was it, we need to make a business, no what should we do, or I have this thing, no. like, let's, let's grab profiles and searchable, like, yeah. what was that conversation like? So the conversation was, we had, we had about 10,000 resumes in an open source ATS called CATS, anyone know CATS? Yeah. yeah. 
Cats, yeah. <laughs> cats one. PHP, yeah. Cats, it became Cats one. Yeah. And um, so the conversation went, so I was maintaining that and I had modified it a little bit. Uh, it was P- based on PHP. And at 10,000 resumes, it was actually pretty slow to search. And it sucked at search. And so my conversation was, hey, kid, I see you're walking around without shoes on. Do you think you can make this database faster? <laughs> and because, you know, I had kind of topped out my skills at uh, MySeagle at that stage. And he's, Trevor, his name's Trevor. He's a, he's a really brilliant guy and an intuitive sandbagger. So he tells me, you know, I, I think I can do it in about two weeks. And he takes the, he, I let him into the system. He starts looking at it. And in about probably two hours, he had taken it down from a minute to search to under, under one second. And I was like, now let's start talking about, you know, what else we could do. In the meantime, like, again, we can't scale. We, we, hit, we hit like two million, a little over two million in revenue. And um, can't, can't hire recruiters, can't train them up fast enough. We're losing recruiters. And we, we only worked, you know, they didn't give us the easy recs, mm-hmm. right? So in the meantime, I'm kind of like w- thinking through how do we automate this stuff? Like, what, what are we doing every day? I was recruiting myself. I was filling recs, you know? And... Um, the, the work was crushing, you know, the amount of work we were doing between reading resumes, um, which we trained heavily on to be able to do and identify what a person did in under 30 seconds, but reading resumes and sourcing and, you know, it was just killing me. So right there, that's where I want to shift into the actual ladder stuff, right? So you the new ladder survey, as you talk about reading a resume, mm-hmm. has, uh, has gone from six seconds to, was it 7.4 seconds? Some boy, it's... It's gone up because when the recession was hitting, right. you had so many more resumes. It was like, how do I get through this stack faster? So it's, faster. So it's actually more time now than it was, so, but based on the recession. G- question is, I mean, why, why is it taking that long in the first place when you have all this technology to be able to at least help you through that process? And, and I guess, well, here's, the, here's a big question, and maybe this is in the survey. Um, maybe they're getting more qualified candidates, which is why they're taking so much longer, because they are using some of this technology. So they're, they're getting, yeah. So the premise, though, is still that they're reading a bunch of resumes, right? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think, uh, from my perspective, um, there's a quote by William Gibson, who's one of my favorite authors, and he says, the future's already here, it's just not evenly distributed yet, right? <laughs> Especially in HR. In, in HR, yeah, it, it, no, no more, more than, nowhere, I think, in, in the enterprise other than HR. When we started this business, we started saying that uh, uh, sales is about 10 years behind consumer. So if you think about Salesforce and its best tech, mm-hmm. and you can think about consumer is, is Apple, it's Amazon, it's that type of stuff. Sales is about 10 years behind that, and HR tech is about 10 years behind that when we started the business. That, that's what it felt like to us. And I'd say that's, that's actually catching up somewhat quickly on the, on the kind of leading edge of HR tech, mainly due to a shitload of investment coming into it. But I think the short answer about the resume reading, um, you know, for, first you have to get tools implemented that work, and then you have to actually trust them to not duplicate the work they're already doing. So a lot of, we, we you know, we see, uh, we're, we're building a new version of software right now, and the, we see the issue of trust. Some people trust the software, some people don't. Uh, it's the same barrier as, you know, my wife has a Tesla. That Tesla has tried to kill us multiple times on autopilot. <laughs> so would you buy a Tesla today that didn't have a steering wheel? No. No. The human's completely fucking uncomfortable yeah. with the idea that there's no way to override this thing. And so somewhere, so we're right in the pl- place right now in an interesting time in automation where some, there's a ton of bullshit. So the bullshit wave is caught up in HR tech. So everybody's saying 
blah, 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 AI. I saw Phenom people announce today, AI, blah, blah. <laughs> that was their press release. So everyone's saying that. And, and there probably is some really good technology out there. Iron <laughs> salt um, somewhere. <laughs> but there's also a lot of bad stuff, and it's hard to tell the difference. And even the good stuff, we're not sure we trust yet. Definitely not enough to just trust it to get, you know, Go through the review process, do everything, and, and have a guy turn up to work tomorrow, or a gal. We don't trust it that much, because we still need that steering wheel, and it might try to kill us. Will, will we ever? Uh, Eric Kostelnik, CEO of Texture Crew, you know, he sees a day where humans don't actually talk to each other until there's an interview scheduled and someone shows up. Like, will we get to that point? If not, why? And if we do, how long is it going to be till we get there? I think I've read something his, and I, I, I think a number of us are thinking that same thing, and Kevin and I were talking, we had a great conversation at dinner last night about that. Kevin from SAP, everybody. Yeah. Ooh. Um, so, and, and Don, I, I think we're gonna get there, 100%. I think we're gonna get there. Um, I think there's still gonna be problems in that. Like Donna from Lowe's was speaking here. Um, we're working with Donna, and one of the th things she said to us is I need to hire 80,000 people in the next six months, right? Um, that's a really hard task no matter how you do it, but it's a proving ground for us to try to figure out how to get to that next phase. The cool thing about some companies is that they're, they are under enough pressure where they're willing to take some risks. And that's what's going to have to happen. So is it, is it on the high volume side first, though? Because, I mean, there's, there's a huge yeah. need there. And obviously, the, the, the workload is just crazy. Yeah, e easy target on the high volume side. High volume side has actually been a really hard problem for us in automation. There's, uh, you know, we work with Staples. And it's one thing to say, I, I want a pediatric neurologist or I want, you know, some specific technology guy. But it's another thing, you know, our technology was driven crazy by trying to follow what the Staples recruiters were doing, which is... They would recruit a bartender. They would recruit, um, you know, a sales clerk. They're basically recru recruiting anyone that they thought wouldn't say fuck off to a customer or something. I'm not exactly sure what it was, but uh, <laughs> so a bartender it was hard would do that, by the way. Just but so. it was, but high volume. There's a lot of need there. Yeah. I think I think uh, what Kevin and I were talking about. He he needs to hire 700 developers, right? 700 engineers. So if anyone's coding in the room, talk to Kevin. That's the guy. Um, I, I think where the automation is 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 needs to be in different places, right? So we have another company that is very high tech, one of the leaders in AI, undisputed in the world. They're getting 40,000 applies a month. And this is for a high tech job. This is for like, you know, very, very high tech specialized skill job. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> how do you rip through those? And are they right? automating that process? Yeah. Through the funnel and how? Well, well the first, first step is, so we're layering in automation. And I think the first step transparently is uh, first it's ranking, and it, then it's, is the ranking doing the same thing the human would do? So basically think about it like, rank, the recommendation engine has to make a prediction. The prediction is, we, I think this person's going to fit. And then if you guys know anything about genetic algorithms, right? Uh, genetic algorithm has a fitness function, and the fitness function is, was the prediction right? Did you, did you do the right thing, right? Yes or no? Well, we know the answer because that person either got hired or got to a first stage interview or whatever, got an offer and didn't take the job, whatever it is. So I think uh, if you look at those, you know, high volume, for us, high volume is a challenge. Um, the other scenario the company can't mention that's getting 40,000 highly technical applies, it's, it's sort of the same problem, though. And it's layering in that automation, trying to get it trained up to a place where it actually is doing something similar that makes sense to the human, which is highly biased, by the way, because humans are highly biased. Well, yeah, but so, I mean, that's the problem, though, right? So we take a look at the, the, the Amazon side of the house, and we have to, there's got to be 
be a place where we stop trying to learn from humans. Because humans are biased, right? So I think Jack Ma actually said, my computers are smarter than any human in this room. So why, why are we trying to learn behaviors from humans who we know are biased? How does that make sense? Well, it makes perfect sense because the humans are the, the, humans are the consumer of that technology, right? Mm-hmm. So if you, if you take the bias out and you let then a machine... you're not going to get any females. Yes. Well, if you start letting a machine make a decision for you without bias on nutrition, say, you'll never eat another french fry. Fucking throw that beer away <laughs> right now because you're not drinking that anymore, guys. Get some no, soy. No, I would because Shane got it's it for It's a soy us. IV for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. The machine's going to make a decision. If you, if you let the machine make a decision not on training but on unbiased thing or what's best for you, the human won't like it. So you won't get the cell at the end, really? Well, you won't get the cell. They won't use the technology because they'll think it. My, uh, uh, joking aside, our real take on this, my, my belief on this is that you have, to, you have to show humans when they're being biased. That's the best you can do with AI. You, you can't take the bias out because at the end of the day, if the person shows up to work, even, even you automated that whole thing, and then they show up for work that day, we're, we're humans. So we're going to smell and do the pheromone thing and size you up and be like, I don't like you. You're going home because I have that power. Because he was thinking. Right. So there's going to be bias somewhere. Well, I'd love to see the UX you can behind visualize that one. You, you know, can visualize You're, it, you're yeah. being biased. Yeah. No, I mean, the, the UX is actually, if you think about it, we're, we're, we're working on this right now. It's called diversity analytics. Uh-huh. It's, a pro, it's a, not a product. It's a feature that plugs into what we do. But it visualizes the, the hiring pipeline and shows you how diversity is changing. So you think you have a problem, but maybe you're crushing it on the top of the funnel. Maybe you've got 50% of your JavaScript pipeline is females. Mm-hmm. But if you can visualize how that flows through at the first phone screen, at the first on-site on- interview, at the second on-site interview when they interview with Chad and he locks him in a room with a button under his desk and then no one comes back after that. And all Nobody of a sudden, diversity, female diversity dropped by 80% after meeting with Chad. Yeah. We can start to visualize where that problem is, right? And I think that becomes very powerful. All joking aside is, you know, you can't take the bias out with a machine because I think the human thinks it's wrong, but what you can do with a machine is you can show the human, yeah, right, you're only hiring 22-year-old white kids. I'm showing you more 22-year-old white kids because that's what you want to hire. You're thumbs-upping Metallica every time. You're only going to hear Metallica. <laughs> I have a question uh, as we're running out of time on privacy. Obviously a huge issue, um, GDPR over in Europe. How is, a, how is a person's data used? How is it shared? How is it scraped from one site to another? Like these seem all um, like really serious issues for the employment industry because we're dealing with recruiting people and all this data is being shared around. What is your opinion on the, the future of that? How do services that are using profiles sort of freely um, make it not so uh, illegal in the future potentially of using pe- people's private data? Where's your place in that future? Um, and we see it as, it's interesting, we see it as a great opportunity to, uh, to build experiences that are opt-in. So the, the good news is for us, I guess, you know, we deleted 29 million profiles for Europe um, just to say we didn't want to deal with it. But we already learned what we needed to learn from a lot of that data. So now I think uh, it, it ushers in a new generation. It's not going to be the job board, like kind of what we were talking about last night, but it does give us... Uh, those of us in technology and those of us in this space, it gives us 
some motivation to create a new experience that is compelling enough for people to want to share their data even when they know how we're gonna use it. So if I can give you something, whether that's advisory, like if I think about the under, underemployed, if I, mm. underemployment kills me because there's people that yeah. can crush these amazing jobs. Oh, yeah. There's, you know, one, one, of, one of the coders I know literally was working at In-N-Out, saw my friend, my friend went up to order a burger, he had a Ruby on Rails shirt on and the In-N-Out guy, Jeremy, his name, says, I know what that means. And the guy goes, why are you working in In-N-Out? and he hired him, blah, 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 blah. But that's an underemployment scenario. So I think if we can build these compelling experiences with all the stuff we learn from all the social data and give them to people in terms of advisory and in terms of, you know, you'll never have to not go, you'll never have to go without knowing what happened to your job application. You know, if you can ask a bot, why didn't I get the job? What's different about me than the person that did get the job? What do I have to do to be a mechanical engineer at Tesla? Mm -hmm. I'm 10 years old. What do I need to do to get there, <laughs> right? I think there's some cool, really compelling use cases that we can use, and I think GDPR for us and the California law, what it really does is it, it puts pressure on us to make those compelling experiences and get people to opt in rather than just, you know, scraping yeah, the damn I mean, To me, the headline of that was, we threw away 29 million resumes because we didn't want to deal with the law. So to me, like, if that law came into play in the U.S., how and many solutions like yours just say, fuck it? Let's do something uh, you know, else. Our, I mean, our solution, thankfully, we, we moved away from social data as a core to our business. So 85% of our revenue comes from our software running on top of customer data. So H ATS, HRIS, yeah. CRM type data. So thankfully, we wouldn't have to throw in the towel if that happened. Uh, what, what we would do literally and what I think a, a number of you know, the good startups that have uh, the capability would do is we'd, we'd, you'd pivot into something, like I said, that, that gives you the power to go out and get that opt-in. And we, we, we did an experiment early this year. We knew GDPR was coming. We ran a Facebook bot. We were traditionally really terrible in trucking and nursing uh, in terms of social data because you know, those people are not, they're not the same as other people on professional networks. So um, we did that on Facebook and we got an incredible... We learned a ton. Um, did a test with JB Hunt in trucking, and we had 20,000 truckers and an 89% uh, engagement rate with the bot. They would talk to the bot, and sometimes they would call JB Hunt something that ran with JB Hunt, and the bot wouldn't know what that meant, but they were very angry <laughs> in some cases, but we learned a ton from that, that the engagement was huge. So I think there's a, there's, you know, there's a lot of places we can pivot, and, and I think <laughs> that's where we're gonna get, because of GDPR and because of those things, we'll probably see some things that contend with LinkedIn and content, you know, some more compelling experiences down the road. It's a good thing. And that's it, kids. We're out of time. Thanks, Sean. Thank Thanks, everybody. Thanks, All right. Thank we you, out. guys. We Thank out. you, guys. Good job. This has been the Chat and Cheese Podcast. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single show. And be sure to check out our sponsors because they make it all possible. For more, visit chadcheese.com. Oh yeah, you're welcome. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain -brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. 
If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.